Hello and welcome. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm your host, Meg Berryman, and this is the Beyond Being Well podcast. Here at the show, we are passionate about helping you, helping you build deep relationships with yourself, the earth, and others, helping you foster a deep, embodied sense of well being and empowerment, helping you slow down, work sustainably, and consume mindfully and helping you create social change from the inside out. So settle in, get cozy, and let's get straight on with the episode. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Meg, and this is season four, episode one. Can you actually believe that it's season four? This season is going to be so good and I'm so excited about the people that I'm bringing in. I'm so excited about the solo episodes I've got planned, though let's be honest, I'm a manifesting generator in human design and course correction and changing my mind is part of my design. So I may change my mind halfway through about the ones that I've got planned for you, but there are definitely some great guests we've got coming up that are going to talk about lots of different things. They're going to talk about liberation from oppressive systems. We're going to talk about permaculture. We're going to talk about stewardship. We're going to talk about sustainable fashion. We're going to talk about um, lots of stuff around the nervous system and well-being. We're going to talk about building creative communities. And so I'm so glad you're along for the ride. And I'm really grateful for those of you who share the podcast with friends who share it in your stories, who rate and review it on iTunes, really helps when I'm going to guests to say, actually, people do listen (laughs) and there is an appetite for these conversations. So please keep sharing, rating and reviewing. Please come and hang out with us in the free um, Facebook group because something in there happened this week that informed um, this episode. And that is that this week I decided to take a week off, not because I was burnt out or because I was like at the end of my tether, but because I just really felt called to and I couldn't really explain why. And so I decided to cancel all my teaching calls this week and just find some space for integrating all that has moved around and through me in the last couple of months and to um, allow that to compost and permeate within my system so that I can show up more fully and regeneratively. And the most incredible thing is, is that it was met with this outpouring of celebration. And I was like, wow, I've built this community of change makers who are more about celebrating those things that we choose not to do those things we say no to, those things we turn away from knowing they're not for us. Um, I've got this group that is celebrating a different value system in the world. And I think about what would happen if us as a small minority grow as this community of care where we can support and uplift each other as much for what we don't do and how we regenerate ourselves um, as much as we celebrate what we do do. And so you've probably heard me talk about this before, but to really um, articulate how, you know, the systems that um, basically want to channel resources up to the few elite in the world. So these are systems of white supremacy, of late stage capitalism, of patriarchy, of ableism, 
sexism, these systemic uh, forces in the world, should I say, but they're made up of people, let's be explicit about that, really want to keep the definition of success and wealth and worth and what a good life is very narrow. And so we can see that we live in a culture and a society that values consuming and producing, that values individualism over collectivism, that values doing over resting, that values at working over being in relationship. And so the work of being a sacred social leader to me is a willingness to question that very narrow definition of success and say, actually, I hold a wider view. I hold a more expansive view of what those things mean. And I actually know through my own lived experience, through my own healing journey, that these things that are held up as the most valuable things that we should all be working towards, I know that they don't intrinsically lead to well-being or happiness. And so when we do things like celebrate different values, when we expand and widen our view to include other forms of wealth, like those in relationship or in community, or wealth in the form of time, spaciousness what we're sending the message out into the collective is that there is a different way of being and belonging that can create regenerative pathways that we are open to seeing and bringing into form and so it may sound like a small thing to say well what's it going to matter if I take a week off what it matters is that not only does it massively enhance your capacity to show up as that change maker, to integrate and regenerate via all the wisdom that has been coming into your system, it allows space to not consume because we're not in a constant state of perpetual stress. But it also sends the message to those around us that, hey, I'm willing to be and model a different way of being that I believe, for me, makes me feel better. And I understand that there are varying degrees of capacity to create space. But we can all do different... We can all, we can all embody this broadening of what, val, of what society values. We can all contribute to that by continuing to question... How does this make me feel? Does this feel supportive? Do I need to keep going even though I'm at my capacity and at my limit? Do I need to keep learning even though I'm really at capacity with inputs and I just need some space to integrate? So anyway, that was a beautiful experience um, this week and it's really opened up space for some creative ideas to come in to welcome the women stepping into Sacred Steward to just process and integrate some things coming up um with my kids and just to like have this check-in of like course correction you know where am I going and um you know I always think the role of a sacred social leader is that we do have one foot in the present and that we can cultivate those really deep states of presence so that we can pay attention to what it is that we're fighting for 
can see the sunsets, that we can see the beauty, that we can experience the pleasure, that we can open to expansion, that we can laugh deeply, that we can have those really intimate moments in life. But we do have one foot in the future. We are bridge builders. We are fringe dwellers. We are calling in a different tomorrow. And so it's nice sometimes to be here whilst also just recalibrating a little and and checking in with where is it that I'm holding this vision for one generation, five generations, ten generations from now. So a long way of saying that this episode is about inner regeneration and I wanted to offer a framework to think about this process of inner regeneration and what is made possible by focusing here, focusing your wellness work, focusing your um, well-being work, focusing your personal development work on this idea, this framework, this perspective of inner regeneration. So I want to use the metaphor of a tree. And I want to start with the environment in which we plant our trees. And so when we think about coming into a place where that tree is going to be most sustained, we need to think about, well, what does a tree really need at its most basic level to survive? We've, tra- well, we've planted over 50 trees now on our property And every time I plant one, my whole body just has this moment of knowing of, ah, it's, it's this incredibly alchemical, pristinely present moment of deeply intentional ritual, I guess is how I would describe it. And when I go to plant that tree, I'm looking at the landscape and I'm watching where the water moves and I'm seeing where there's any trenches. I'm seeing where the grass is growing and whether it's too crowded. I'm seeing where the gum trees are, knowing how much water they need to take and how much they require. I'm looking at where it's shaded or not shaded. I'm looking at um, where the nutrients are going to come from by where the weeds are. You know, clover is comes when there is um, a deficiency in the soil. So I'm looking at what is growing here and what does that mean about the environment in which I'm putting this tree and how can I correct that or move it or just create this environment of absolute knowing that these basic things are going to be taken care of and we are the same as a tree. There are just basic things that we need in order to even think about regenerating. So we're not talking about surviving. We live in a world where just surviving is kind of celebrated because when we're just surviving, we consume more. And when we're just surviving, we're scared enough to like give up our rights. And when we're just surviving, we'll do basically anything to stay separated from other people because that's too powerful and so we need to when we're talking about regeneration to think about what that actually means regeneration means that we are tapping into within ourselves our innate capacity to regenerate the immune system that we have the physiology of us mirrors 
the physiology of the ecosystems around us, which inherently are regenerative. So when I talk about regeneration, what I'm really saying is that we have a capacity, even in our neural pathways, you know, neuroplasticity, we have the capacity to regenerate, to come back to life. And my hypothesis is the kind of thing that I'm working with at the moment is if we come back to life, if we breathe life back into ourselves, if we take our place in the cycle of life, can we foster regeneration outside of us, in our societies, in our ecosystems, in our relationships, in our ways of being, you know, even in our ways of doing business, creating something super incredible around that at the moment. And so to really start to bring this idea of the tree to looking at the environment in which we're trying to plant it and on the inner realm, before we even move into inner regeneration, we need to just focus on are we getting enough rest? Are we getting access to nutrients in form of food? Are we getting access to water and sunlight? And then what is our immediate environment around us? Can we feel okay about sinking our roots into this place? And as we move into the next part of inner regeneration, you know, I remember at that very basic need around rest, when I burnt out and my adrenals were completely fried, you know, which I'll talk a little bit about more later, but, you know, just just the very simple thing of like getting an eye mask so that I could retrain my um, sympathetic nervous system by blocking out light, just these basic needs for rest. Like we need to start there. We need to start with the environment, the inner environment um, for regeneration, which needs to start with survival, basic survival. And so the next step up is in the tree system is we start to think about the roots. And I talk a lot about the root system and how we can build resilient roots. And, I, and I've been thinking a lot about resilience lately because I feel like when we talk about resilience, particularly around kids, um, I hear it a lot in the education sector at the moment. And the way that it's been talked about has been taken vastly out of context of what resilience is in terms of an ecosystem, in terms of a permaculture perspective resilience is not how do we like harden our kids up so they are less emotional or that they are more um that they can deal with stress how do we like harden them up so they can cope with life that to me is not resilience that is trying to mold someone into a system and make them conform for me resilience is how we can adapt to the environment that we have built whilst also like bringing in a future environment which is going to be a whole new ecosystem like resilience to me is not conformity and it's not giving up and it's not like learning to survive or tolerate our environment resilience is adapting and evolving co-evolving into something new 
which is inherently a regenerative process, right? And so when I talk about resilient root systems, I'm not talking about how you can be resilient to this world, this environment, although that is is what that is kind of what happens as a byproduct. I'm talking about how do we create a new network, a new root system which is fundamentally on the side of our thriving and our well-being and the well-being of all. You know, right now we are being asked as a community, are we really willing to to claim health and abundance and livelihoods and opportunities when the way in which we're claiming them has to be built on the backs of others who are oppressed, which is how the systems have been constructed. And until this point, many of us who are privileged have been living in the paradigm of, well, as soon as I get well, then I can give back to the community. And I am building a different framework, which says that there is a way for us all to thrive together. But it takes each of us taking responsibility to dismantle the systems from within, to question and rebel and push against them in order to build a root system on which different things can thrive and which a different environment can thrive. And so the heart, at the heart of this idea of a resilient root system is really a willingness to do the necessary work around our nervous system healing. You know, if you think about the branches of a tree think about what a what a tree looks like it really mirrors what our nervous system looks like and and principally i'm talking about the autonomic nervous system here and so certainly in the last uh, two years i would say maybe a little longer i have started to release and integrate and process a lot of the early traumas as well as the more recent ones you know and their big t traumas as well as all the micro traumas that come with having to live and survive in a world which is inherently uh, not built for our well-being and so to create a root system which is resilient in order for it to be a regenerative root system that it can support the rest of the tree to regenerate when a branch gets knocked off or when it gets a really hardy frostbite. We need to look at healing the nervous system within. And as we heal that nervous system, as we release old survival energy, which is keeping our nervous system either in a perpetual fight or flight state or in a free state, when we do that, we expand our capacity to hold, we expand our capacity to co-regulate with others, we expand our capacity to, um, to rebel, we expand our capacity to discern, well, is this pressure necessary? Is this pressure mine? We expand our capacity to, um, to be present, to be connected. And so I always see, you know, there's this deepening cyclical path of healing and mending that ultimately, in my experience, takes us down to this root level. So, for example, you could look at food sensitivities and be like, oh, yeah, no, it's just what I'm eating, right? So you could change your whole diet. And by the way, this has been me, change your whole diet, which can give you, you know, 50% 
um, it can give you a 50% kind of improvement in your symptoms, but it may not necessarily make them go away. So then you might look at, well, it's not just what I eat, but I need to eat organic and that may give you another 5% improvement. And then you can look at, oh, well, is there any genetic factors here? You know, do I have the MTHFR gene, for example? You could go down that route to find that deeper level route. You could look at your ancestry and say, oh, well, you know, I'm Irish heritage and therefore lactose isn't great for me. There's an inherent correlation with streptococcus or something like that. Um, but then if you keep digging down and you keep getting further into that root system, you will start to see that, oh, hang on, there's a correlation with my symptoms and my stress levels. There's a correlation with my inflammation levels and how I can tolerate different foods. So I can tolerate corn on this day, but I can't on this day. What's that about? And when you get there, you start to realize, wow, my system doesn't have a lot of rest and digest time. You start to realize that perhaps that autonomic nervous system, which is fundamentally here to protect you, may have inadvertently become a little um, incoherent in the signals that it's sending around the body due to prolonged stress, chronic stress, or due to unresolved trauma. And so as you get deeper and deeper through that mending and through that finding wholeness, you may find yourself here at this point of actually speaking the truth that for me in particular, but also maybe for you that, hey, there hasn't actually been a lot of time in my adult life where I've felt fundamentally safe. There is a chronic and ever-present unexplained anxiety which sits below the surface which makes it hard to rest which makes it hard to switch off which narrows my focus which makes me a little irritable which expand extends my sensitivity to noise and so we meet that with love and compassion and we also understand that that is fundamentally a call for the nervous system to be regenerated which if you think about the root system of our planet is needing that right now because the net result of having chronic unresolved trauma in our nervous systems as an individual as well as a collective is more stress, is more survival, is more scarcity, is more, um, is more hatred, is more othering, is more separation. When we're in that activated response, we cannot act regeneratively for anything and our whole society has been built to keep us there, to keep us activated, to keep us consuming, to keep us feeling overwhelmed, to keep us feeling pressured. And so the invitation is, can we change our relationship to spaciousness and scarcity? Can we dial down the inputs? Can we do the work and get the support that is necessary to shift old survival energy when it comes up in the present day? Can we move our bodies and be embodied? Can we stretch our muscles? Can we take enormous deep breaths? Can we plant our feet in nature? Can we put our hand into an animal? Can we, into an animal, into an animal's fur? Can we use the polyvagal theory, which basically says that the way to down-regulate the sympathetic response of fight or flight is to activate 
the ventral vagus nerve, which is inherently a part of us that is kind of oriented with our social nervous system. The polyvagal theory basically says that to downregulate our sympathetic nervous system, we need constant states of um, of connection, which come in the form of self-compassion, which come in the form of embodiment, which come in the form of connection with the natural world, and which come in the form of connection with other human beings. And so this nervous system healing is done individually alone and yet together. We do it together as well because we can use that social nervous system, that ventral vagal part of us to downregulate the both the freeze response which is the dorsal ventral at uh, the dorsal vagus nerve but also to bring that fight or flight that cortisol that adrenaline to down regulate that and so there is lots of different somatic practices we work with them in the school but there are also incredible practitioners which are dedicated to the nervous system and i really see at the root of building a regenerative culture, we need to understand the nervous system and how it regenerates and how it regenerates us. And all I can do is speak from personal experience, but the more work that I've done in this realm and that I've brought into the way that I, it's not just what I teach, it's the way that I teach. It's why my programs have circle and they have one-on-one support and they have trainings. It is to orient you to a felt sense of safety so that you can take in that that learning we can't get to the next stages of regeneration unless number one the basic needs the soil is right and then number two just our basic need for safety is met and if you're listening to this and you're like oh now i've got to do a whole nother thing i just want you to know that you're not broken the whole idea of us being regenerative is that we all have experienced unresolved survival energy in our bodies and we all live with the effects of that so for those of us who are privileged enough to have safety it is our job and responsibility to anchor into that material safety in order to create an inner environment of safety on which we can use as the anchor to co-regulate the next part of this inner regeneration framework which is about connection and support And so once we have that basic level of safety, the way in which we relate to each other changes, the way that we consume changes, the idea, the, like our fundamental, the way that we interact with the world changes from one where we perceive threat everywhere to one where we can sense safety and move toward it. And so we start to be able to, at that point, build communities and it's not linear, right? It's cyclical. So we might cycle around this 12 times a year. Might cycle around it once a year. It doesn't matter. It's cyclical. So it's not linear of like I'm going to get there and then everything's going to change. It all happens simultaneously on the individual and the collective plane. And so at this level, this is the, um, we've got to think about the trunk of the tree. So the root system is really resilient. It's really stable. It's really safe. It's got an expanded tolerance to hold more. You know, in my business, as I've done this nervous system work, I can hold more income, I can hold more space, I can hold more people, I can hold more emotional bandwidth for the people I work with and my kids and myself. 
I'm no longer traumatized by my own emotions. And so you have this tree trunk, which if you think about it, is it really has to be strong. It has to be able to channel water and nutrients up to the upper branches. And so this is what I would call the community of care. At this level, we've got that basic level of safety. Now we can come together with others and anchor in and, and form co-regulation, which means that we can anchor our safety to create safety in others. And I talk about a community of care because really we were never meant to do this alone. Regeneration is going to be a collective effort, not going to be an individual effort. We don't have all the ideas. We don't have all the skills. We don't have like all the networks. We don't have all the experiences. We have to be able to come together and talk about them so that we can find new and creative solutions that haven't yet been imagined. And you have a particular blueprint, your human design. You have a particular vision, which relates to your expression and experiences in the world. And you have a particular set of magic and skills, which you may not think, but which I can see. And so when we bring them all together on this deeply embedded felt sense of safety, what we can start to do is build these communities of care that are not based on you need to fix or save anyone, that we can just actually be in a relationship with each other because we both have a felt sense of safety. And when someone is not in that, we can anchor down and co-regulate their nervous system. So it's this beautiful pillar in the center of the tree that is able to draw nutrients up from the soil and expel it outward, which is at the top of the tree. So as we move up the tree, we move into interconnection and we move into um, not just being individuals in community, we move into interconnection with all living things, which comes from a base note of safety and which extends through a community of care and connection with humanity up to an interconnection with all things. And so at this level, if you think about the tree branches reaching out and intermingling with other things in its environment, creating those um you know, communities of care interacting with other communities of care, some ecosystems interacting with other ecosystems and creating unyet imagined possibilities. If you look at a forest, you there is no possible way that you are going to plan what is what comes when all of those plants that have a rich environment of soil and a felt sense of safety, what is possible for them when they come together. And so at this interconnection level, we start to really embody the felt sense of I am one with everything and yet I am nothing, right? It's like that, both the humility to say to be lost in the vastness of humanity and the vastness of the universe whilst also a really strong anchoring into but, but I'm purposeful and my life is going to be purposeful here. So at interconnection, um, we can start to feel the relationships between things. We can start to see um, the amplification and compounding of effects and we can start to really understand that it's not all on us but at the same time we do have the power to change and we do have the power to shift things in the collective energetically 
um, and that we do have the power of choice and that as communities we have the power of choice to say no like here's just the thing there is a lot of vested interest in you feeling like you're not a change maker in that you're not here to affect change in that your vision is too big there is a lot of vested interest in making you feel powerless and making you feel small and making you feel like oh well I'm just going to spend my whole life in survival and what I want you to know is that all of this healing work all of this mending work everything that you've been doing up until this point has meant something and it's been for something and now is the time and the invitation for you to anchor in to all that wisdom that you have embodied all that knowledge that you have gained and to make it mean something in the collective and that's what I'm here to do alongside you. I'm still asking the questions. I still have no idea what I'm doing. But what I know to be true is that the more I anchor into my agency and my choice and my safety, the more I have the capacity to hold that for others. And the more discerning I can be about how I spend my energetic, my financial and my internal resources. I am stepping into stewardship Because at the end of the day, I want to direct those towards things that are meaningful to me. And I want to find purpose in everything I do. I don't want for it not to mean anything. And that doesn't mean that I don't experience joy and pleasure. In fact, because I feel more safe, because I exist in a community of people who share the vision of the world that I do, in fact, I've experienced more joy and pleasure than I ever have in my life. And that's just what it is, is that regeneration is simultaneously a healing and amending path, but it is also a reaching towards what is pleasurable and joyful. And it is a reaching towards and celebrating and honoring all that is good and wonderful about this life. Because if we can't do that, then I don't know what the fuck we're fighting for. And as I'm talking, you might be able to hear there's a beautiful finch outside my window. And since we've planted and regenerated more shrubs, there's been more finches because they love that landscape. And so that is the tree of inner regeneration. And I wanted to end this podcast with a quote um, from one of my mentors who doesn't know that she's my mentor, (laughs) but a really influential part of my teaching and my practice Um, it's a book from Joanna Macy and it's called coming back to life. And so the quote is from John Seed and he says, the pathway is to move from, I am protecting the rainforest to, I am part of the rainforest protecting myself. And I think that that is just speaks so beautifully to the journey that, I love to walk with you and um, the journey I think that, that we're all here to do and that, that we're all here to play, not just for ourselves, but for those 10 generations to come. Um, but to do that, there is this kind of path that we need to walk to first develop the environment and the soil, to move towards safety and expansion, to hold more to build that community of care and support and those practices to come back to when we do find ourselves in tender moments and for that community of care to hold these big questions together, not alone, and then to move to that beautiful part of I am the rainforest of interconnection and that's where we weave with spirit 
and we bring in that part of ourselves that in so much of the political and activist discourse has been lost and part of, I think, what we're here to do. So that all being said, that is all I have to say today. Come and join us in the free Facebook group. I'm also recording this on the last day of the financial year and um, that it's the last day to jump on a 12-month payment plan for Sacred Steward. The women stepping into this program are incredible, next level people, folks that are willing to go on this journey to unearth what their blueprint is and to do that work of of gathering safety first and foremost in order to express that vision across all areas of life. So um, there is last day to grab a 12-month payment plan and last day to pay in full and to get um, access to Voxer support for all of the 16 weeks. It's going to be incredible. Any questions, feel free to reach out. Otherwise, I hope you have a beautiful week and I will chat to you soon. 